This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. How I Got My Wife to Read Comics Episode 613 Can a comic book collector of over 30 years get his wife to read them? Will she let him keep them? Learn more in this podcast. Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. Will our man save the lost children or destroy them? The Doom Patrol gets a new adjective. The space lizards are here. And who will get the golden ticket of superpowers? This is How I Got My Wife to Read Comics for Sunday, April 2nd, 2023. I'm Mark. And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, you can go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get our feed, other SF podcasts and blogs, or subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com slash sfppn, follow us on Twitter at sfppn, check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork, or call us at 614 614- Three two one nine seven three seven. That's six one four three two one nine SFP. Star Girl: The Lost Children, number five of six by Johns, Knock, and Herms. We return to the battle on the mysterious island, where we get a welcome two-page spread of all the characters we're dealing with. Courtney brings us back up to speed. Kid sidekicks, lost in time, trapped on island by evil version of Mother Goose, ready to hand them off to our man of the 853rd century. The kids don't work well as a team, which hampers their efforts in the fight. Salem fights for herself, Betsy Ross and Molly Pitcher get nested in robot eggs, and the Newsboy Legion suffers the same fate when they tried to save the girls. Corky Baxter is ready to move in. Casualties are part of the war. Cherry Bomb and Salem confront each other, and Stargirl has to step in to break it up. Stargirl realizes she has failed, but Ladybug gives her a pep talk. In the castle, our man is not happy about how things are going. All the kids were supposed to be ready for shipment. Red Arrow tells Judy Garrick, they are both locked up, that she can phase through walls, so she tries it, and the wall blows out instead. Judy quickly opens up the other cells and we meet Sparkington J. Northrup, a.k.a. Sparky, sidekick to the Golden Age Blue Beetle, first appearance in Blue Beetle No. 14, Fox Comics 1942. Greta Hayes, a.k.a. Secret from Young Justice, first appearance in Young Justice The Secret 1998. Pinky Butler, a.k.a. Pinky the Whiz Kid, sidekick to Mr. Scarlet, who I have no idea who Mr. Scarlet is. He's an obscure Fawcett character. Okay. First appearance in WoW Comics number one, Fawcett Comics 1940. And Daniel Dunbar, a.k.a. Dynamite, sidekick to TNT, first appearance in Star Spangled Comics number seven, 1942. Dynamite is interesting as he should be an old man. He had a life post-heroing, but is a kid again. Childminder tells them to get back in their cells and behave, which they don't do. Dynamite blows up to let in the others, and Courtney and Amiko reunite. Our man responds to all this with, Red Arrow is not like you, Stargirl. She is a lost child. She belongs with the Forgotten. And I am the only one who can save the children from... Complete Obliteration! Next and final issue, Young Justice Society. (laughs) 
Unstoppable Doom Patrol Number 1 by Culver, Burnham, and Reber. The recent HBO Max series, sadly coming to a close, has reinvigorated interest in this bizarre team. Events in the Lazarus Planet event, don't ask, has scrambled powers for some and given power to others. The latter sometimes become monsters. But we begin with good old Monsieur Mala and the Brain, now in a robotic gorilla body. They are about to attack, and Brain notes, things are about to get weird. Cut to the Gotham City limit, and our heroes in their bus, Cliff Steele, a.k.a. Robot Man, Rita Farr, a.k.a. Elasta Woman, Larry Trainer, a.k.a. Negative Man, a new female chief, more on her in a moment, and introducing Beast Girl. They are hunting for a metahuman using Mento back at HQ to track it down. He could be more precise if they would let him do more than just skim mines. Chief reminds them to use code names in the field. Gotham's residents are not happy to see them. Go home, freaks. We don't need no knockoffs. We got bad. Hey, you lady. We learn Beast Girl has the power to trigger primal thoughts in people, like fight or flight to get them to run. The meta finds them as a shower of guards are tossed out of a building by a monster. Back to Mala and the Brain, who wipe out some guards and enter General Immortus's lair. They want the resin, but the general is unswayed. Brain asks the general to come back to the Brotherhood of Evil, but he just needs Brain to do some calculations. Brain attacks, but Mala steps in. We need to talk, Ernst. Back to the fight, which is not going well. A horde of monsters are causing havoc. Rita grabs a guard to learn more, but he's under an NDA. Oh, and Chief is just another identity of Crazy Jane. She swaps out with Shy, who can enter mines. We learn that Corporation Metagen has been scooping up new meta to grab their DNA. Got powers? Need cash? They hope to weaponize and sell the results, but one of their experiments got out of control. Chief tells Negative Man to stop the main monster, but he gets kicked out instead. Turns out the monster is just a subject that increases in strength and size when he gets mad. When you saw what they did to him, you'd be mad too. The chief barks out orders for their next steps, just before we hear, Actually, we'll handle it from here. It's the dynamic duo, of course. Bruce just wants to take down the monster, saying he will be sent to Arkham. The chief's reply, No good has ever come out of a cell in Arkham. At best, he'll become one of your enemies, and at worst, one of your victims. And then what? Star Labs, where he'll endure more experiments? The Suicide Squad to become a weapon for the government? You don't understand the problems people like us face, Batman. You aren't a metahuman. Metagen's guards are ready to take out the monster as well, but Beast Girl gets them to run. Cliff asks if she can calm down the monster. Batman notes that the League has metahumans, and Chief replies, The League was a group of aliens, Amazon, Atlanteans, and some humans with special gadgets. The only regular member of that team with an active metagene is too fast to ever be caught. The rest of us aren't so lucky. The Doom Patrol's new mission? Save the monsters. With Beast Girl's help, Cliff talks down the monster who shrinks to human size. However, he likes being a monster. Being mean is how my powers work. The monster goes off with the Doom Patrol while the guards threaten to get lawyers involved. Let's go home, Cliff. Ugh, finally, I hate this town. We cut to Peacemaker in a bunker watching all the action. The plan, compromise the Doom Patrol and take them apart at our leisure. 
Back to Mala and the Brain, who now battle each other. They have a toxic relationship, and it ends with Brain's head ripped from his robot body. It's all going to plan for General Immortus. My Bad, Volume 2, Number 5 from Ahoy Comics by Russell Ingman, Fields, Krauss, and Oznak. The conclusion of the latest chapter in this important new superhero universe. The space lizards are about to arrive on Earth. Their goal? Steal all the heat lamps. But what about the people? After some debate, they agree to annihilate them from orbit. Our heroes have a space lizard in what looks like a giant popomatic device. He's wearing the Amazon's hat of honesty, and they've learned the lizard's plan. They also learn that this lizard has an issue with lack of confidence. Monkey Man takes off the hat to shut him up. Emperor King, still wearing his steel integrity suit sans helmet, tries to talk up good Karen, who tells him to be quiet. Amazon is laying out a plan. It involves using a spaceship, which both Emperor King and the chandelier happen to have. It's agreed that they'll bring in both their ships, and Amazon will choose one, the other will be for backup. Meanwhile, the pizza delivery killer sneaks out of prison using a guard suit who carries a box labeled prison stuff. Open the gates, prison stuff coming through. Then we see Emperor King and Chandelier both go out and buy rocket ships from the same guy, and the company is called One-of-A-Kind Spaceships. Chandelier has his butler polish his ship, since its shiniest one will be picked. Acid Chimp ties a balloon to Emperor King's new ship. The captive space lizard calls his buddies, telling them to get off Earth as they plan to liquefy all humans, which will be really gross. We then see a news report about the imminent attack, a reptile dysfunction. The anchors seem giddy about the possibilities and note that the heroes have a plan. A guard, a.k.a. the pizza delivery killer, puts a box on one of the spaceships, labeled Space Stuff. Amazon views the two identical ships and picks the one from Emperor King. I guess the festive balloon won me over. Emperor King's ship then explodes just before Chandelier's ship does the same. Both sabotage the other. Damn, the fortune teller was right. Killed by rich white people. The lizards arrive, and the heroes plan to make their last stand, as a smaller spaceship arrives and blows up the lizard ship. It's now raining lizard guts. Rush Hour arrives in a Drixen fried chicken truck. Remember when he accidentally walked in Accelerator's space phone booth? Well, he called the intergalactic marshals and offered them lunch if they stopped the lizards, which they did. Everybody has a delicious meal. The villains wonder if they still get a pardon, even if they never actually fought the lizards. Emperor King tries again to talk up good Karen, and she calls him out about it. Of course, he doesn't listen. Fool Face makes Emperor King pour soda on his head. Chandelier walks off, ready to quit again, when a citizen yells, Hey, lamp guy! Winthrop states he will never be the chandelier again. But the guy just wants to say how great his lamps are. They are pretty great lamps. The end. In addition to the meta letter column, we get a fake ad from the American Incremental Progress Institute in cooperation with Drixen Fried Chicken. It's about a group of kids debating tax credits and means testing with Accelerator coming in to stop a fight. There's also a wiki page for the Amazon. The Ambassadors, number one from Image by Millar and Quietly. Mark would buy a phone book illustrated by Frank Quietly. That's right. 
Mexico, 1986. What appears to be a monkey in a suit breaks into a vending machine and drinks several sodas. A truck nearly hits the monkey before he mentally holds it in the air. A bystander is shocked, but a government agent appears, offering the monkey some Skittles if he goes along with him. He also offers to play the monkey's favorite Simple Minds album. The monkey replies, Sparkle in the Rain or New Gold Dream? Actually, I was thinking once upon a time. Good man, I was just testing ya. Antarctica this morning. A small plane flies overhead. A passenger insists they saw a massive city below, but it just disappeared. The pilot is incredulous before we pull back to see a domed city. A person in the city sees the plane, which then crashes into the ocean. The plane's passengers awake on a Chinese ship. The plane is upside down on the deck. They can't remember what happened. It's like it's all there on the tip of my tongue, but somebody recorded over it. Washington. Footage is shown to the military on Operation Blue Sky. There was a Cold War effort to create a Superman, but neither side could figure it out. So they just shot fake newsreel footage, hoping the other side, and the public, would be fooled. We learned the monkey, Jamie, was one of those experiments, the Bonzo program, named for Reagan's movie co-star. Attempts to make a superhero mostly resulted in radiation poisoning and quick death. So why bring up this old project now? A private individual has found a solution to the problem. So, just bring them into the fold and co-op his technology? Well, first of all, he is a she, sir. And secondly, she isn't American. We go to the embassy, South Korea. Bigwigs are going to an announcement there. This better not just be another cell phone. Dr. Chung is welcome to the stage, but isn't she in prison for fraud? Chung flies through a screen. She's the new hero. She has footage of her doing super stuff, which she mentally emails to all of them. But what about prison? Well, that's the old Chung who's still there. She is Chung 2.0. She states that her ex-husband framed her after she refused to sell her secrets to the government. After thanking her assistant for her meticulous work building the new body, Chung 1.0 blows her head off. Her ex-husband, in the middle of an operation in San Francisco, replies, Same old he still a drama queen. Chung's plans? She wants to give powers out to the most deserving people in each country, not the richest or most powerful. What was the name of that British children's character that fetishized overconsumption? Willy Wonka, Chun-hee. Just think of me as William Wonka, but the winners all get superpowers instead of sugary snacks. At the White House, the president sees this as terrifying. In Soweto, South Africa, a man at a bar discusses the whole situation with a bartender. He's convinced it's real. He then notes that he sees the soldier sneaking in and that he's disabled the triggers on their rifle. He then makes them defecate, followed by crushing their skulls without moving. One is left alive to pay the bar bill. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe by your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.